to Monster Mania Radio. It is just two weeks away from the August show in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Are you ready, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> you don't sound like you're too ready. I mean, this is a, a show of massive... Show of shows. Show of shows. Show... Shows of massive magnitude. That, wow. Like alliteration. Like, yeah. amazing. It's going to be August amazing. 16th through the 18th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in beautiful Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Now, uh, I don't know if you've added any guests since yeah, the last we time. We actually have. Oh, okay. Um, both from the Stephen King television series Under the Dome, which is you know still very a very popular show. Um, we added Samantha Mathis, uh, who also has been in. She's been in a number of films. Um, one was um, American Psycho. American Psycho, exactly. Yeah. And uh, also also in Broken Arrow, she was in. Uh, the television version of Salem's Lot. She was in The Punisher, you know, and, and other films as well. And we also added uh, Mackenzie Lintz, who is the sister of Madison Lintz, who's done our show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie plays um, Samantha's daughter, actually, in Under the Dome. So it's kind of like a mother-daughter reunion. Um, and uh, Mackenzie also had a, a role in Hunger uh, The Hunger Games. Yeah. So that, that's the two latest additions to the show. Well, let's let's run down the, the names real quick. If uh, since we're getting so close, if if someone out there is listening and maybe they're on the fence about getting their tickets, I mean the time is now. Uh, how well, actually, by the time this airs, uh, the online ticket sales will have ended. Oh, um, that ends actually today's Friday. That's going to end actually Saturday or now, Sunday. Now does that end VIP ticket sales? That's going to be everything. Yeah. So VIP is officially closing. Yeah, by the time this airs, okay. it'll, it'll have been closed. Okay. Um, but tickets will always be available at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, VIPs, I don't know. We've we sold a lot of VIP tickets for the show, and you know we're still trying to uh, we're trying to keep it within limitations of of so that it's not too many people. So it's still an intimate affair when we have the VIP party. So I mean, I like the number of people that we have. It, it'll it'll be a good fill for the room, and yet still not be you know over overly the top. crowded. Yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, uh, let's talk about the guests real quick. We have Carrie Fisher, who is notably known as Princess Leia from Star Wars. We have the the Godfather of Zombies making his last Monster Mania Con appearance. That's George Romero. Sad to see uh, George not being around anymore, but I'm telling you people, he is the nicest guy you'll meet. Make sure you see... I call him Uncle George. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of my favorite Q&As was with him. So, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of Q&As over the course of the time, but, like, one of the ones that really stand out to me was, was the one I did with him. Very personable guy. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's like you're talking to your friend. Mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%. Hey, Christopher Lloyd's also going to be in the house. He was, uh, I guess, most notably known as the, the doc from uh, Back to the Future 1 and three, one through 3. He was in The Adams Family, Adams Family Values. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's in one of our favorites, uh, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that, of all the films, that's that's the one of his that I really like the most. Uh, he was also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. You know, uh, multiple. And Piranha 3, Double D. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's Doug? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you also have uh, Danny Glover from uh, The Lethal Weapons and from Predator 2. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, to see Danny Glover. That's I'm really one. interested in meeting him. I mean, he he looks like a guy that probably has tons of stories, and and you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting him. He's he's a guest that I haven't met yet at all. So 
Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Then you also have Malcolm McDowell from Rob Zombie's Halloween, A Clockwork Orange, uh, Star Trek Generations. Plus, he's uh, he's on a new show too that's on TV. Um, Burn Notice, maybe? Uh, no, he's uh, the two lawyers. Oh, uh, Franklin and Bash. Yes, that's it. Franklin and Bash. Uh, so I'm excited to see uh, Malcolm McDowell make his return to Monster Mania. Then you're going to have a Being Human uh, small reunion. You have Sam Whitmer, Megan Rath, and Sam Huntington. So that should be really good. Yeah, I, I, my oldest son Dave got me into the show, and I wound up watching the first two seasons on uh, Netflix. And I, I think I watched them. I had a couple days off in a row, you know, before the show, like much before the show. And I, we had already added them, so I thought, you know, uh, let me let me watch it and just see, you know, get some background on them. So if I do the Q and A, like I know what you know to talk about and stuff, dude, I I was hooked. Like, really? I, yeah. I, I and I'm not just saying that because they're at the show. I mean, within within the first week, I watched the first two seasons. Wow. I would come home from work and watch like you know two episodes a night. You know what I mean? Like just to catch up. And it was I really liked it. Plus, I mean, they've done other stuff. Um, Whitmer. Uh, one of my favorite films that he's been in um, was The Mist. You know, d- dramatic scene. His yeah, very much Mist. so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam Huntington did both Detroit Rock City and Fanboys, two two films I really like a lot. Plus, he was also in Superman Returns. He was um, uh, Jimmy Olsen in Superman Returns. So, I mean, that's a major character Absolutely. in the Superman, you know, universe. mythology or sure. universe, whatever you want to say. Sure. And then you have Jessica Clark from True Blood. Always good to have a little True Blood at the convention. Uh, you have Claire Coffey, who uh, is in the TV show Grimm. I believe this is our first Grimm Yeah, guest. it is. Yeah. So, that's great because, actually, that's a show that's pretty popular, and they just well, came out with a new comic, too. Well, I, I also just heard that... Uh, I don't watch the show, so I don't really know a whole lot about it. But I've just read that they're going to do a spin-off of the show where there's going to be like another series. Um, I'd have to look up the information. Wow. Yeah, there's going to be another series that I guess they're taking characters out of the original Grimm series and doing like an additional series that's going to run, you know. Yeah, I had to take my wife uh, out and around to grab the first three issues of the Grimm comic that's put out through Dynamite Comics. So she says it's good. Hey, uh, Chandler Riggs is making his way back, but he's only there for Saturdays. Carl from The Walking Dead. So uh, he's always a crowd favorite. Yeah, really, really nice kid. I, I've had many conversations with his father, um, <laughs> particularly uh, going into last show. Um, and it just, you know, I, I, it, anytime I get an email from his father, Saying, you know, he wants to come to the show, man. It's like an open door. Absolutely. Awesome. Hey, we have Dick Warlock, who was uh, most notably known as Michael Myers from Halloween 2. He was also in a ton of movies as a stuntman. Most notably, the scene in Jaws. Like, he was the double for Richard Dreyfuss in the shark cage that goes into the water. And and if you, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, when you meet him over the weekend, if you ask him about it, he'll go into the whole story of it, but... Uh, when he was filming that, and he had the um, the air piece in his mouth, when that mechanical shark hit the sh- hit the cage, it, it when it falls out of his mouth in the film, it fell out of his mouth for real, completely unscripted. Wow! And they thought like he was making signals, like you know, I I have no air, I have no air. They thought it was him acting. He had no air. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great story. I mean, you know, ask him about it if you when you see him. Excellent. Hey, uh, then you have Gary Busey. Uh, making his return to Monster Mania. I, uh, 
Gary Busey is someone that has has just the crazy, I guess, crazy personality. <laughs> you can stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All I, I can tell you is, if you're if he's at the VIP party and he walks in, uh, get out of the way of the ice cream serving because he he beelined. He came down, man. At the at, we still talk about it. He, so he came down in his pajamas to the VIP party, walks in. Sees the ice cream, grabs a bowl, man, and just scoops like the biggest mound of chocolate ice cream you've ever seen in your life. And then he goes over to the um, we had we had we always get ceremonial right. decorated cakes for for the event. We have you know the reunion people or whoever it might be cut the cakes. He goes over to the cake that we haven't even cut yet and starts sticking his finger in and like taking the ice. And I'm like, oh my god, you know. But I mean, we still joke about it all the time. You know, it's like when you see him, like just. You know, head, get away from the ice cream. You're, you're risking your life. That's actually a highlight of the weekend for people that haven't ever been to a VIP yeah. uh, party. The the cake cutting ceremony and being able to see every because I mean I'm usually there for the the uh, the VIP party and and every year it's cut a different way. Whether it's a machete, whether it's Freddie's gloves, yeah. whether it's you know whoever. And I, I tell you what, there's nothing better than being served cake from. Uh, you know, someone from the Blair Wish Project or Robert Englund or whoever. So it's it's one of the benefits for sure of the VIP pass. And, and the people that we have do the cakes do like such a tremendous job Absolutely. with the cakes. I mean, we've had uh, pinhead cakes. We've had Freddy Krueger. We've had glove Freddy Krueger glove cakes. Yeah. We've uh, had the Walking Jason Dead, Mass. the zombie one. This, yeah, the zombie one looked great. You had I a Blair mean, Witch cake. Yep. So yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean over the course of history, I mean it's just we had one cake that was made up for the um, Friday the Thirteenth the sign uh, welcome to um, oh Crystal Lake Crystal Lake, Lake. Nice. yeah I mean you know just like the wood sign that's mm-hmm. you know famous from the from the movies uh, you know we've done so many different cakes and, and the people that we have do the cakes that, that just do such a tremendous job and they're local you know what I mean so it's you know again paying back to local business. Then you also are, are kind of doing something unique on this. You have the Willard and Ben together again. You have Bruce Davidson, who was uh, in Lords of Salem. He was in the, the original Willard from 1971. And you have Lee Montgomery, who played Danny, that was in Ben. Plus, Rob, he was in one of my favorite films, <laughs> a film called Burnt Offerings. Oh, uh, who was in that? Had <laughs> We're laughing because every time I try to say the names, I, I'm stumbling over them. So it's like, this is my fifth take on this one. Uh it starred Oliver Reed, and it starred Karen Black, and it had Betty Davis in it. And it was a great movie. He played the kid in it. Uh, it I mean, it was... Uh, I don't want to give too much of it away. It's a great possession haunted house movie. Oh, if they haven't seen Burnt Offerings now, come on. What was that, from the late 70s? Yeah. Yeah. So, But it's one of those films that, man, I'm telling you, like, that'll probably... When I do the Halloween list for, for films this year, I'm going to... You know, the 13 Halloween films to watch for Halloween that... You might not have seen. That's going to be on there because a lot of people don't know that movie. Uh, you're also doing the Ladies of the Evil Dead. With all the hype surrounding the new Evil Dead, you're actually paying respect to the original. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the new one in the movies and it just made me want to pay more respect to the original. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people like the new one. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, of, of the three films, I'll get down as saying that, uh, I mean, of the three Bruce Campbell ones... Um, my favorite was the first. It's the scariest. It's, you know, two got, uh, two was probably a better film overall, but it had more comedy and stuff in it. And I think towards, by the time they got to Army of Darkness, it was basically the Three Stooges, you know, with the face block, the 
I I poke block and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, I actually liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people do, but I mean, it's just I I'm I was all for the horror part, yeah. but I thought the first one was was awesome. You're also bringing back Jeremy London. He was a guest down in Hunt Valley, so the people in Cherry Hill will get a chance to see him. He was uh, from Mallrats, Party of Five, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yep, and he's got a new movie that's coming out. Uh, I'm not sure what the title is, but I think it's horror-oriented. All right, good. And then you also are bringing in the Frankenhooker, Patty Mullen. Yes. I'm excited for that. that? Yeah. And then you're, uh, you know, on a serious note, you're going to pay some tribute to Richard Brooker, who passed away earlier this year, uh, who was most notably known playing Jason. Uh, you have Steve in Dash. Three, he, in was part, the, he was the first, the first Jason to wear the mask. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Steve Dash coming in, who is always a crowd favorite. And you have Tracy Savage, who was also in Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D. You're bringing in Dave Sheridan, who was Officer Ray Dobson from Devil's Rejects, and Doofy from Scary Movie. You have Terry Kaiser from Weekend at Bernie's, and uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, which I love that movie. It's a good uh, one. That's one of my favorites, too. Um, he was also in The Offspring. Um, but, I mean, the, the role... Friday the 13th fans are most definitely going to want to get him on the Friday the 13th stuff. But, I mean, obviously, you know, his role is Bernie. Uh, I, I suggested, but apparently they don't want to do it. I suggested with the photo op for him that he do it as Bernie. I mean, how cool would it be to be sitting there and have, you know, Bernie with the sunglasses on, you know, dead laying on your shoulder, you know, his head <laughs> on your shoulder. I just thought that would be the greatest photo op, but... Uh, I don't think they're going to go that way. You have uh, Timothy Baum, who was uh, known for Dead Alive, the brain dead uh, Peter Jackson movie. If you've never seen that one, that is a hold your seat. Yeah. You know, that is That's crazy. Buckets of blood, man. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great one. Kick and ass for the Lord. Yep. So, hey, you're bringing in Ginger Lynn Allen, who was in Devil's Rejects. and uh, Anybody that's looking for my son, Doug, you know where to find him. <laughs> she was Tell probably in, in countless DVDs that I've seen over the years. <laughs> 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 and then you're bringing in Lori Petty from League of Their Own, uh, from Point Break, and from Tank Girl, and from your favorite, Brimstone. Uh, from Brimstone, and plus also we're going to show Bates Motel, uh, which is the original pilot that came out. Uh, quite a few years ago, uh, it was a pilot a, a pilot film that they were trying to kick off a series that didn't take off and has nothing to do except for the obvious uh, with the current Bates Motel. Um, but it was something. It was a project they tried to get off the ground. Again, it was another film that people have not seen that uh, a lot of the Psycho fans are going to want to see. And we put it on Facebook where we let people choose. Uh, which type of movies they wanted to see that they Loved wanted, it. like for her, like we could show Tank Girl, or we could show Point Break, or we could show the Bates Motel that no one's seen. And the, I mean, by a vast majority, I mean there were some votes for everything, but by the vast majority, people want to see Bates Motel. I'm so, excited to see that. I've yeah, I mean it's it. it's it's not a good movie. I mean it's it's really people are going to be like, ugh. But you know, you're going to see a film that you, you're not going to see anywhere else. Now, uh, some people may or may not know, but uh, you just had a, a, a birthday pass. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, I, I try to keep that in a download. The, the, the biggest problem uh, buy, is buying for you, honestly. You know, well, I, don't I never, let that stop you, Rob. No, I know it never. Don't let it, that stop. I, you. I, I usually go for. Yeah, I'll gladly supply a list. I usually go for candy because for those <laughs> that don't know, David is like a secret bat cave of. Stuff so I never know. Like um, your newest acquisition would be the Green Ghost game. Now I, when I came in, I said I've never even heard of it, and you were 
blown away by the fact that I'd never heard Dude, heard of it. The Green Ghost game. Yes. The exciting game of mystery that glows in the dark. By trans by transogram. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Now do you know a year on that? Uh, I could I could tell you without even looking that it's probably nineteen sixty seven. So that was so that was pre me. I was, I was a it was seventy. Free everybody. Yeah. Uh, don't don't, don't go too far because the bottom's open. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, I don't. I don't see a date on it, but I can. I can pretty much tell you, 1965. But it's you, you two. are off by two. In fairness, you are a hardcore. Like, you do. Do you ever think like that you're rebuying your childhood? Do you ever think that? Do you ever go through that? Like, because you had said, like, that was a game that you always wanted and never got. Right. So do you ever, like, parents, I, I mean, I find my... My parents hated me, right? <laughs> it's it's almost as bad as asking for an ad at and not getting it. I can totally, oh, totally understand. Oh, thank God my kids are here. <laughs> so, but do you ever feel like um, that that's what you're doing, or... Uh, no, not so much that. I, I'm just, I mean, like, I've seen so many shows say that they're shows for the fans, by the fans. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean... Obviously, if people haven't caught on by now, that is no more true than for Monster Mania. I mean, you know, uh, to have Robert England at our, our second show, I mean, you know, my, my oldest son and I talked about it. I mean, I can remember going down to the San Marek Theater, 19th and Chestnut, you know, and seeing, taking him to see uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 in the, in the theater. I mean, and, and to, to go from a father taking his son to see Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 in the theater, segueing, you know, 15 years later or 30, whatever, how many, 20 years later, and, and being the promoter that brings Robert England to the show, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, there's no, there's nothing more rewarding for me than to do that. You know what I mean? And it's, I, I truly am a fan. I mean, like, you know, you look around, my, my birthday presents were uh, a you have a box nice set of Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Looks, looks awesome. Every episode. It's uh, 28, 28 DVDs. Yeah, 28 DVDs. Holy mackerel. I got a Universal Monster chess set, you know, that came out, uh, God, I, I would say that probably came out about 10, 15 years ago. Um, and it was, you know, I didn't get it at the time because it was 100 bucks, and I didn't have 100 bucks. Um, but, you know, I, I just, uh, I, and, and I'm buying stuff that I had as a kid that, you know, I regret letting go or or you know just being destroyed over the course of just being a kid you know mm-hmm. what I mean like these you know you had seen before I had the Frankenstein Dracula Wolfman games and stuff yeah, yeah. you know it's like I, just, I love that stuff man like I it's me you know it, it I it, it is what I am big kid know? yeah nothing wrong with that you no know, I mean I you know I, I try to look at it I mean in a lot of ways man you know for good or for bad I'm I'm still the person I was at 17. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, or, or 13. You know what I mean? Like I still like the stuff that I liked then. You know, and and, and of course I've added to it and it's, it's grown. But I mean, um, I mean to me that's what it's about. You know, I mean that's that's my thing. You know, some people do different. You know, do other things. And and for me, it's it's horror stuff, man. You know, like you said earlier before we started podcasting. You know, we're getting closer to Halloween, and my store today, already, you know, was the first shipment of Halloween merchandise coming in. I love it, man. It's my favorite. It's my favorite time of year. Absolutely, mm-hmm. by beyond any shadow of a doubt, is my favorite time of year. So, 
you know, we're coming up on another one. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, hey, also, we had went uh, separately, but we had both gone and seen The Conjuring. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, just to, to lay some groundwork, that originally when we had we had both seen a movie and we had saw the trailer for The Conjuring, and neither you had, had expressed your disdain for the Warrens, and at but the I, time... But I knew I, I liked what I saw in the... Like, I knew I, knew I wanted to see the movie. Mm-hmm. I absolutely wanted to see the movie. I really thought this could be the movie that's going to scare people for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were like, you I were was like, blown oh, I away. Can't you want to see that? I'm I like, was yeah, blown I away, blown away. And then you got me thinking about it. So we had we had wrapped up on Thursday uh, to, of podcasting, and I said, "Well, then I'm going to go see it." And we went and saw it uh, the, that same Saturday morning, the week that it came out. And I texted you immediately and said, "Like I was." really surprisingly happy with what I saw. I mean, sure, like, whenever... You, you know, and I've openly said, like, I'm not a fan of ghost movies at all. Oh, uh, see, I am. Like, I like the, the the changeling I just introduced to my wife, uh, like, last week. And I think... That was, that was one of the ones on my list from so last good. year. So good. Uh, as a kid, it freaked me out when the little boy is, you know, like, under the floor. And I was just thought, like, as a kid, like, if there's ever a kid that's, like, under my floor looking up, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna die. And... So, uh, by seeing The Conjuring... I was that way with midgets. (laughs) By seeing The the Conjuring, it it was almost like I was reliving the feelings that I had had watching The Changeling as a kid, if that makes any sense. Well, I actually... I I went to see it with with my oldest son, Dave. uh, And I turned to him, I don't know, maybe a third of the way into the film. And I said, are you getting the film references? Um, And I don't know whether, like, I've just been around so long that, that... you know the things that were in the movie I've seen in other movies or whether it was and I'm choosing to assume that I'm right on this is that they were you know subtle nods to these other movies like I thought the ball bouncing out was the, was a nod to the changeling mm-hmm. the television set you know being all static reminded me of um, poltergeist, poltergeist. Mm-hmm. you know there was de- you know the the clock stopping on a certain time reminded me of uh, Amityville Horror right. you know I mean uh, you know, different things, different films, but I mean, I, I really thought, you know, that they were nods to the to those other individual films, which I always enjoy. I always enjoy when people do that. Like, uh, not too many people know, but in the first Final Destination, the names of all the characters are either writers or directors. Oh, uh, I mean, if you go back and, and watch it, I, I forget some of the, what some of the names are off the top of my head, but like, you know, there's a I, I, there's I think there's like a Matheson and a I can't remember. Well, even in Scream, that they they make references to uh, Halloween and everything else. You know, in there, if you're an avid fan, you pick up on all that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I always like when that's you know when that's incorporated into it too. They're including us in in the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, I thought The Conjuring, man. When I, I there were the we went to see it the second weekend that it was open, and it was packed. I mean. Packed so much that like people that were coming in like had to go all the way down to the first and second rows to sit because all the other seats were taken, and I mean, you could tell that the the audience at different times of the movie were truly, you know, susp- caught in the suspense, which is what I like in a film. I love suspense in a film, mm-hmm. and I, I think uh, a lot of modern filmmakers have uh, substituted. Gore for suspense. I totally agree. And, and I mean, buckets of blood. You know, I mean, it, while they have their place in horror films, 
to me, that does not replace. I would much rather be scared than just watch somebody get splashed with blood. You know what I mean? Like, which was one of my complaints with the end of the Evil Dead. I mean, they the remake, like they touted how much blood they used in the film, but just to me, that didn't equate to a good film. Mm-hmm. You know that. Just because you used, you know, a hundred thousand gallons of blood. Wow, we used a hundred thousand gallons of blood. Oh, that's great. Yeah, anybody can use a hundred thousand gallons of blood, but did you do it artistically? On the you know, other or did end you of do it, you know. On the other end of that spectrum is a movie like Texas Chainsaw that used very little. Yeah. Or Halloween that used very little. You know, so I, I totally, I totally agree with you about about that. I, I think that when we went and saw The Conjuring, I was I was very surprised at how well it, it did. It's not like it brought anything new to the table by any means. It just, but it, but what it 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 incorporated the things that have already been brought to tables, and it, it did them well. The, it was well acted. It was well directed. I thought it was well written. Um, a little bit of the end, I think they, I don't know if over the top is the word, mm-hmm. but I mean, a, a little bit more. Uh, Flamboyant, or a little bit more, a little bit too much for me towards the towards the last twenty percent of the film, maybe like when the real showdown happens. Yeah, but some stuff was a little bit too. I don't want to do any spoilers, but but some stuff was a little bit over the top. But I mean, there were scenes in there, man, that were truly scary to me. There's well, the one scene that you know where all I say is when the mom put uh, it gets blindfolded, blindfolds herself, and plays the. Uh, where are you game clap for me that one there's one scene in that without giving it away that just I was like whoa when that happened you know it's like whoa man that's great you know uh, so I, I really enjoyed it I, I recommend it if you like and I know a lot of people have crapped on it too like uh, you know but that that's gonna uh, that's in, it's gonna yeah. happen and, and especially with social media I mean you know some people just enjoy crapping on things and, and, and maybe they truly didn't like it and, and to each their own you know uh, but if you like a truly suspenseful, scary movie, without buckets of blood, but with building suspense, man, I I couldn't recommend a, a better film. You know that's out there right now. You know, it's, uh... it, it, it's for this year. It's it's the movie I've been waiting to see. Uh, you know, I mean, the outcome of it was the movie that I was waiting to see. It it was what I had hoped Evil Dead was going to be. Wow. Yeah, I agree with that. What um. What is the movie next on your list to uh, see in theaters? I don't know if there is one. Kick-Ass 2? No. No? I think that's next. For me. Not for me. I mean, I, I'll, you know, if it comes on television, I'll watch it. I, I, I don't even know if I'd rent it. Uh, one of the things that kind of turns me off on it, I know it's not you know, the filmmaker's fault, is you know, Jim Carrey comes out. He's starring in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the... I don't know if it was the Connecticut shooting or whatever. Yeah, and then Sandy all Hook. of a sudden, you know, he doesn't want to come out in support of the film because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's against his new principles. It's like, well, you had said before, well, did you turn your paycheck back in? Yeah, you I'm know? sure he didn't. I'm sure he took no, his money. No, so, I mean, uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I don't really have interest in it. I mean, are, we like, pa- I, are we at a point now where Jim Carrey doesn't matter? I think so. I mean, his moments of brilliant... I mean, I think he was really funny in a lot of movies. Uh, I, I, well, I thought he was. I thought he was at his funniest and most creative, um, in on in Living Color. <laughs> I, I, we watched that on Sunday nights, man. It yeah. was. I just thought 
that was like that show was just crazy for its time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the stuff they would do on it, yeah. the pickle in the jar, the homeless guy. I mean, yeah. like just crazy stuff. You know, his fire marshal Bill yeah. was hilarious. His uh, Venus uh, Vera de Milo. Yeah, it was just you know like really really funny stuff. I mean, I thought that was the best of Jim Carrey. You know, uh, I certainly don't know if he brings any star quality to movies anymore. He him and. Steve Carell, who I, I love, I just don't like his movies, did the Burt Wonderson movie, the Magic movie, and it bombed. It did nothing. Oh, he was in that? He was. He was the other uh, magician. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, now, we, we, you know, I, I mean, I guess there's a part of me that can see, like, when you make the movie and then something happens that alters your opinion of your lifestyle, I, I can see why he may not necessarily... I, I just... I think what he should have done is not necessarily came out and said, like, I'm not going to stand behind the movie. He could have just told the, the the studio quietly, I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of changing my views on this. I don't want to spoil your release. Don't I just won't parade. do any, yeah, I won't, I won't do any press for it if that's cool. And you could always just say that I'm tied up with things. Whatever, you know right, what I mean? yeah. Like, you know, what, and whatever those things are, they, you know, they're your personal preference to... But I mean, like I just kind of thought he screwed over the studio with that. Totally, you know, I and totally and, agree. His, and the people that he acted in the film with. I mean, because yeah. uh, he is a they, name, like yeah. people are going to listen to what he says to a degree. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, you know, I it did turn me off about the film, you mm-hmm. know, but not for the reasons it turned me off because he's in it, mm-hmm. not because of the stance he took, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and speaking of Hit Girl, that's in that, uh, she also is in Carrie too, and we had talked about. The trailer you had seen a trailer. Yeah, I had seen, seen it. You know, I'm Carrie. starting to warm up to it a little bit. Um, nothing's going to touch Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie. I mean, th- you know, they were made for the role. They, they, they were those roles. I mean, they. Anybody that tries to do that film is, no matter who they are, are going to fall short in comparison to those two. Having said that, um, I mean, it, it's. You know, a lot of people probably haven't seen Carrie. Uh, you know, the, the, the target theater-going audience probably hasn't seen Carrie. And, you know, it'll, it, it looks like it's filmed well. It looks like it's got some, you know, good scenes. And, and the two people acting, the two leads, are good actresses. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I just think it'll be pretty. good for what it is. They're but. too pretty to start off. That's, the, that's, that's my... I, mean, I, I agree Space with that. Sack is, yeah. was, I mean, no offense to her, but she was a homely... She no, I mean she she uh, portrayed that. but do you know what I'm saying? Like she really looked that part, and I, I don't think that the Chloe that is Hit Girl. I don't think she necessarily looks that part. Uh, I mean, she's just too cute for me. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I. So you're saying you like homely girls? No, I'm just saying for that role. No, 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 no. You know, I think for that role. No, I, think, I agree. I mean, like I said, you know. Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie own those roles, yeah. and anyone is going to fall short in comparison. I mean, if you're going to put them side by side and compare the one film with the other, Dino De Laurentiis did the first one. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people at the time when he, when he was really popular, he was one of the names that I would go see if his name was on a film. Sure, you know, uh, um, he gets he often got criticized back in, in the day for being. Uh, what they called an Alfred Hitchcock wannabe or clone or whatever, but I mean that's certainly not a bad person to be compared to in any way. Absolutely, no um, way. You know, they said Dress to Kill was like a version of Psycho. Like, you know, there was all kinds of ways, but I mean, he did carry man. It was great. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you compare the two films, uh, I'm sure the original is going to be, you know, head and shoulders above the new one. But that doesn't mean the new one can't Won't still be, be good. good. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question, your opinion. Now, well, I just want to go back to The Conjuring for a second because you had just said that the, the crowd-going theater group is the 13-year-olds. Well, a little bit older, but yeah. Uh, I'd so say the, the 16, Conjuring 16 to had no death, no like no one really died. It had a little bit of death, like some I guess you could say, yeah, mm, the, horrific scenes. You know, maybe that would be a mature scene, and they had no nudity, but yet it got an R rating. What do you? And it still was successful. It still did forty million its first weekend. The budget was twenty. It doubled its money. It's it continued to make money. I think like its second week it was like seventy three million. Second week it was, it was number two, I believe. Yeah, and with a good number. So, mm-hmm. and it, I mean to me that goes to prove that the audience is there for a good horror film, whether it's in January or whether it's in June or July or mm-hmm. August or any month. You know, a good, well made, well acted, well written horror film will do good at the box office. You know, if people know that it's out there. Right. You know? And, and I'll take The Conjuring a hundred times to, to zero versus something like Paranormal Activity Part or 7 six, or 6 like, or whatever number is up next. Like, I just don't care about that stuff. I mean, like... Or Texas I'm so, Chainsaw. Well, I, I, but I had hopes for that. I mean, Me we too. actually paid to go see that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it was, it was disappointing after the first ten minutes. I thought the first ten minutes, you know, with Bill Mosley and the group, was just phenomenal. Thought we were in it. Thought yeah. we were in it to win it. Yeah, and then boom. And then, uh, but we, um, we were looking around and <laughs> seeing what, what the crowd was. It didn't take long to lose our interest. That's for sure. Uh, hey, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a couple other things that are happening at Monster Mania. We'll talk a little bit about horror news. We'll talk about oh, I don't know. Yeah, anything's possible. Anything Everything's possible. on the table. That's right, as you can see. <laughs> don't go anywhere. In a Weebles haunted house, Weebles wobble all about, and it's a real exciting place to be. A smiling ghost with glowing face has a secret hiding place, and that's not all. There's plenty more to see. Because a Weebles haunted house is a great place to be. Weebles haunted house, including glow-in-the-dark Weeble ghost, new from Ramper Room. I get a charge from my delicious strawberry-flavored cereal, Frankenberry. Here's a switch. My ghostly good blueberry with blueberry-flavored marshmallows to spark up breakfast. I love Frankenberry strawberry-flavored marshmallows. You turn me off, Frankenface. Piffle Berry Boo. I'm in the dark. Me too. Me three. Oh. You can enjoy this nutritious breakfast with blueberry. Frankenberry. All the rooms are coming in pretty good. I'm hearing a voice. Here, listen. You have a lot of spirits in here. Look what she made me do. The Conjuring, only in cinemas. It's family. 
family hour. There must be something on. Our favorite show. It's starting. <laughs> okay, guys, we're back for Monster Mania Radio. We are just two weeks away, and I wanted to just, uh, to, like, as a reminder, you know, I, I'm an, I, I don't really consider myself an independent filmmaker, but in some odd way, I guess I am. But I'm happy to be a part of, of Monster Mania and the fact that you are putting on the Sinister Shorts Horror Film Festival again. Um, last, in, in March, we had a great turnout. We had a lot of entries. It was, it was an awesome time, a lot of good films. And again, you're doing it for this month. The deadline is August 12th. The fee is $50. And, you know, you're someone that I look to all the time for advice. <laughs> I do. I Poor mean, guy. you know, like if I'm having an issue, I'll I'll pick up the phone and I'll say, you know, here here's the problem, and you'll talk me off the ledge or whatever, and, and <laughs> or, or or push you <laughs> push you off of it. <laughs> but you've always you've always been the one that stressed the most important thing to me, which was. If you don't invest in yourself, oh, absolutely, no one else will invest Dude, anything it, in you. I, and I always tell my kids and everybody, like if there's if there's one thing you get from me, please take from me that the only person, and I, you know, and I mean, I, I don't mean to sound harsh about it or anything, but and it's not meant to be harsh, but the only person that's going to be the driving force to make things happen for you is you and you you have to do the stuff that you have to do to achieve your dreams if that's you know what you're trying to do and and never sell yourself short you know what i mean like you know we've, we've talked about it before you know i mean and, and like there's in for in your instance people wanted you to um basically give your film away so that someone else essentially could make money on it in exchange for them publicizing your film, but at the means at the same time, you put all your work into it. You wrote it, you starred in it, you cried in it, you know, like <laughs> as you do. <laughs> it, something I tease about, but I mean, it's your it's your baby, and and you know, you're not going to give your baby away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of the things I get constantly, constantly. You know, people wanting free tickets for uh, uh, press passes, and it's like, well. We give we give out. I think our list is up to like 120 tickets. We give away 120 tickets, and they're to like the major radio stations, the major uh, newspapers around, uh, television news, uh, the the local um, uh, cable company, uh, Comcast. You know, like there's, and that's like 100 to 125 people. You know, I, I can't afford to give give tickets to somebody because he's going to talk about how he went to the show on his blog or or on his Facebook page or something. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't do that. If, if I gave away tickets to the thing, then I, there wouldn't be a thing mm-hmm. because people buying tickets is what enables me to buy the first class flight and the car service that's involved and you know everything else that's all part of it. You can't give that stuff away, you know what I mean? And, and but you have to, you have to invest in yourself, and you have to stand up for yourself at times. And you know, some people are comfortable with that, some aren't. But going relating it to this situation, I mean, if you're a filmmaker, and you've got 
you know, a 15-minute short, and you want it to be seen by people that are your target audience, man, the Monster Mania short film contest is the place to enter it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the who's who of horror films are at these shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen the guest list. Absolutely. You know? I mean, there's going to be, you know, people that, are, that have ties to these people whether there be other directors or other filmmakers or other film companies or, you know, all, you know the whole gamut, uh, public relations people and all that stuff that are going to be at the show. And your film has the chance to be exposed to those people, let alone your target audience, your fans. You know, like the, the, purple, the people that you want to buy your film is sitting in the audience. You know, like, you, where else could you spend $50 and get that direct connection I agree to the high, to the people that can advance your career and to the people that you want to showcase your stuff to the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just to me, it's to not do it if you're if you have a film ready, it's crazy. You know, but I mean, that's just my opinion of it. I, I mean, you know, I enter, you know, and I and I tell you all the time about where I'm entering and and what we're doing, and you know, the I can't enter in this one because I'm affiliated with you, and it's not fair. Your film has to be 20 minutes or less. Uh, it's a fifty dollar uh, fee to to to, to enter. Um, all films are accepted. Uh, so I mean, there's no you know. Typically, when you enter a film festival, you pay and submit your film, and if they don't like it, they keep the money. So in this, oh uh, really? Absolutely. So in this, you're allowing them. You're like, hey, look, you know. They, they, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I gotta hear this again. Wait, you you enter your film. Correct. You pay an entry fee to yes. another film festival, but they. They cannot show your movie? If you're not accepted, yeah. But is your money accepted? Yes. Get out of here. I'm not what am I I'm not gonna lie. It's always a risk. Like I, there's a big ones that I want to enter, but I mean the bigger ones are bigger fees. You know, so to enter a film festival that has a hundred dollar price tag or two hundred dollar price tag, and to have, you know, it's seen, you know, plus travel and, and everything else, if you're accepted, it's 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 costly. So if you're, but if you're not accepted, it's even more costly. Well, then you're like, just, I mean, you're the out. way I look at it is because you've just invested two hundred dollars and you're not getting anything at all for it. No, Mm-mm. so that's why I that's why I stand behind yours. Oh yeah, I, every entry gets shown, right? Bar none. I mean, so, if, if I if I've got it, you know, if you got it to me in time, uh, you know, the cutoff date for this August twelfth. August twelfth. Yep. Uh, if, if you've got it to us in time, it will be shown. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cash your check if I wasn't going to show your movie. Right. Uh, it's, to me, I don't know how other film festivals do it. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be trying to not. No, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm not I'm, trying to knock other film I, festivals. I've, but I've entered my movies and I've been accepted. Luckily, knock on wood, all that I've entered, I've always been accepted. I'm sure now that I've said that I won't be someplace. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. But uh, if you go to monstermania.net, there's actually a monstermania. Sinister Horror Short Film Festival uh, link that's right on the top of the page. Click it. You can download your official entrance form, and you can send that plus the $50 fee to Dave. Uh, it has to be received by August 12th. Um, that's in the mail. If they want to bring it to the show, oh, okay. we, we can do that, too. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I, but, I mean, for me to, uh, to, to receive it in the mail, I, I won't be... Getting mail after August twelfth. Let, let me let me put this onto another perspective. If you're a filmmaker, um, I'm a filmmaker who always is looking for new cinematographers, 
uh, new directors all the time to work with, like to collaborate. So when I watch these films, me sitting there, like at the same time, like there's other filmmakers that are sitting there. It's an opportunity to work out other collaborations as oh, well, yeah. too. You know, like if you think about it, it's really a way to... to and um, I'm sure that there's actors and actresses that are in the films. Absolutely. They come to the show to watch... To watch, to gauge fan reaction. Or that I might be like, hey, like, I want that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, you're in a room full of people that made the film, people that are fans, people that are in the film. Right. What better way to connect? I mean, as a filmmaker, if you want to, you know, meet, network with some people and, Mm -hmm. you know, you take a business card from an actor or an actress, you know, a year from now, you might be looking for someone to fill a part and you might think, hey, that person from, you know, that I saw at Monster Mania that was at this film would be perfect for that role. You know what I mean? What a great way to network. I never even thought of that. Yeah, like, you know, and I do want to open that up and tell anybody, like, if you're a cinematographer or you're a director and you have a DVD of, uh, you know, even if, you know, you've made a feature and you're not eligible, bring it to me and let me check it out. Like, I'm always looking for more people to work with. Like, it's just it's just the way that it works, you know. Like you never know what the next thing is that's out there. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, all the time. So, I do think this is a really good, uh, you know, for some. If you're local, it might be your first, you know, and you're going to be nervous. And I know how you feel. Like, there's no more sickening feeling that you have than showing your movie and being judged by other people. But at the same time, when they appreciate it, it's the best feeling. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really be rewarding. I mean, it's, it's very rewarding. I mean, honestly, I mean, going into a show. I mean, you know, from my end of things, you know, going into a show, you know, by the time the show gets up and running, I am exhausted because yeah. I mean, you've seen, you know, a fraction of some of the stuff that goes into the beforehand stuff of it, and for the most part, it, you know, it's me and the two boys that do, you, you know, the the vast majority of the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we each have our own roles. Um, Doug handles, you know, 99% of the vendor stuff. Dave handles the tickets. I handle the VIP tickets and, you know, getting the guest list and, you know, and then we all collaborate on other things. I mean, it, it's, uh, and as you get closer to the show, inevitably somebody, you know, has to change their flight and it's it just a lot of, you know, the two weeks before the show are crunch time for mm-hmm. me, you know. Uh, you know, but for me, I mean, the reward part is, it, as, as crazy as it might sound, is just like when I'm, when I'm at the show and people come up and say, hey, Dave, great show, or come up and shake my hand, oh, I had a really good time, or, you know, oh, look at this picture uh, so-and-so took with my son. I mean, and then going on Facebook, you know, the weeks after the show and seeing the people's, I, I don't know how many people, their Facebook uh, image, whatever you call it, their, profile, that, their picture. profile picture is from our show. Sure. I mean, that's man, that uh, to, that's the rewarding part for me, you know. And I'm sure for you know a, a short filmmaker, you know, like you said, being like I'm nervous as hell going into before every show, right. every show, no matter yeah. what. Um, you know, for a filmmaker to uh, have a, a short film at the contest, I'm sure they got to be nervous about how it's going to be received. You know what people are going to think, but if it's well accepted, that's got to be, you know, wow. You know, like yeah, it is what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm sure I get through that as as the promoter of the convention. I'm sure filmmakers go through that as you know people that are 
showing their films to people. I mean, I'm sure that's the case. Right. It is. Uh, it's 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 a crazy feeling. But hey, uh, don't forget on Sunday also before the Sinister uh, Short Film Festival, which is Sunday at two o'clock. Uh, at noon upstairs in the same room is the Yorkie auction, and every year I, I'm fortunate enough to be the uh, auctioneer, and it's a great. I th- feel that originally, you know, it started out small, and every year it grows and grows and grows, and we raise more and more and more money for something that you and I both are, are very passionate about, as far as uh, animals, and you, you know, and especially for you, for Yorkies being rescued. Uh, we work with a great company. And, uh, you know, they really, they've gone, uh, you know, to the point where they'll, they'll include us in their emails about certain situations, how Yorkies are rescued. Mm. And it's, it's moving. Well, it's, uh, well, you know, I signed this company on because that's how I got my dog, Yogi. I mean, uh, I saw the work that they did. Uh, I saw and heard, you know, some of the things that they go through. Um, yeah, they're, they're a little bit stringent on... Who they allow to have a dog? How they let me have Yogi? I'll never know. But um, I, you know, I mean, they're doing the right thing for the dogs. You know what I sure. mean? And it's it, when you hear that you know the money you raised, you know, helped three dogs have surgeries or help one dog have a life-saving surgery yeah. or whatever it might be. You know, I mean, there's been uh, there's been dogs um, that were adopted where the 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 people that were adopting the dog got their dog at our show yeah. you know what i mean like you know it was all prearranged, but i mean it's it's i mean for me that again that's one of the rewarding things i mean you you can't put you know a price on on doing something like that i mean i think in life you've got to do things that positively affect people and and people look at horror films and you know horror conventions when i when you call a hotel and say you want to book a horror convention i mean a lot of hotels will look down on you our, our hotel you know thankfully sees it the complete opposite way you know i mean i'm I'm literally very good friends with the guys at the hotel i yeah. mean you know um we we talk to them all throughout the year now i mean it's just they're friends it's it's more than a business relationship um you know and but to be able to do something like that you know for the yorkie foundation uh they're called save a yorkie their their website save org. um all of the money gets handed over to uh Representatives from the organization at the end of the convention, at the end of the auction, uh, are, we do not touch the money at all. It goes in a, uh, I guess a fishbowl. It's like a bowl, yeah. Yeah, and you know it's collected at, at the end by the Yorkie people, and it all goes to saving the Yorkies. So I mean, and it's but, an opportunity for people to really pick up items that would be possibly you know out of their price range for a smaller price. Oh, dude, I, last show I. I Picked up a uh, couple Universal Monster puzzles, man. You yeah. know what I mean? I like, made you raise the price, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, bid, I bid it against myself a couple times. It was, it was a really good time, and it, it is the hidden, the hidden it's gem. The, it is, man. It's, you know, the it's the hidden gem of the weekend, man. Yeah, it I really agree. is. I mean, you're going to see items there. You know that uh, that you're not going to see anywhere else. You're, you're going to get a chance to get autographs cheap. Um, this year, I hear uh, that there might be a pair of Flyers tickets involved. I'm not sure. Oh. I'm not sure, but <laughs> um, you know. But I mean, like we, it, it's a great time, and the people that are 
taking part with the auction. It's just a fun group of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody's there for the right reasons. Yeah, I agree. You know, you can't ask for anything it's more. It's one of the highlights of my weekend. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. So moving on, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about horror news. <laughs> Well, first up, Robert, is that NBC has announced they are developing both a Rosemary's Baby and a Tommyknocker series. A little bit confused on why they would um, go to a miniseries based on Stephen King's The Tommyknockers, because there was originally uh, one that was produced, I think, in like 93 that had Jimmy Smits in it, Um, and I wasn't a really big fan of that, but apparently they're... Besides reimagining uh, horror films, now we're reimagining television series. That's scary. I don't. I don't think the Tommyknockers was a success when it came out. I don't think so either. Hmm. Uh, but and then they also announced that they're going to be doing uh, a remake slash resetting of Rosemary's Baby, which was the classic uh, tale that was adapted by Roman Polanski and starred Mia Farrow. That could be interesting. Because, you know, it's one of those things where uh, everyone in the town is part of the, you know, everyone, well, in, I guess in the apartment or everyone, her friends of her group are, uh, you know, all in on the witchcraft cult, cult uh, except for her. Um, that could be interesting. Can we make a rule? Let's, well, uh, let, uh, we uh, have uh, to make a rule that if these people are going to make a show, like, first of all, Rosemary's Baby can't have three seasons. It's not allowed. Well, then it would become Rosemary's toddler and Rosemary's adolescent. Like I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to to get me hyped up about something, and then they're going to say, "Oh, by the way, season two just got greenlit," and I'm just gonna I'm gonna lose my mind because there's no way that that stuff should be. Rosemary's baby should not be more than thirteen weeks tops. Tommyknockers should be four hour episodes. Tops. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Like, The Stand, which was a, a Stephen King uh, miniseries, what was that? Like, maybe six hours long? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, dude. They're and, taking and honestly, these from, them from out. what I understand, that was really uh, cut. There was a lot of things cut out of uh, the book that wasn't in that series. If anything, I thought was going to be done by Stephen King, I would think the Dark Tower series would be screaming for some kind of uh, film variation in the or, beginning of the television mist, series. When he's painting in the beginning of the mist before the tree comes through, he's painting the Dark Tower uh, uh, artwork. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, like, I agree. And I don't understand why that, that was a, a popular-selling comic like trade. I don't understand why it's never come forward. I don't understand. I you're you're rehashing. You're going to remake Tommy Knockers, but you're not going to do it. that. And I'm not trying to be negative, Rob. I'm trying to be positive, Rob. <laughs> but I'm trying to save. Who? What studio was it? Uh, it's NBC. I'm trying to save NBC some money so that they'll fund my next movie. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Hey, if Spike Lee can go on and ask <sighs> for donations, can we talk about that for a little bit? First of all. Sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not very a, bitter about the entire situation. Well, I'm not a big fan of that whole thing to begin with. And Kickstarter I, I, yeah, and Indiegogo I mean, and FundMe. Uh, I, I know, you know, a lot of people use it. I, I know, you know, you, you're. I've you done dabble. crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, I'm the. I'm just not a fan of it to begin with. I mean, 
And, and then when I see people like, uh, what television series are, do they want to make a movie out of? And they, they they were the first like famous people to use Kickstarter. Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. They raised uh, like, I don't know, five million in like three From days. From their fans. It was like ridiculous. So that has opened the door mm-hmm. to famous people who already, like Spike Lee, man, you said to me on the phone, Spike Lee's sitting in the front row of the Knicks game every night. Now, mm-hmm. I know those tickets aren't cheap. No. I, I mean, shouldn't, I mean, if you're going to use Kickstarter, shouldn't it be people that really need the money for their projects? I mean, is it fair? And maybe I'm wrong. There's, there's two sides. There are, there's two sides to this. There's the side that sees what Spike Lee is doing as far as like outsiders and it draws attention to Kickstarter in which possibly they'll, people will go to Kickstarter now that didn't know about it and they'll see what other projects are out there. The other part well, of it well, okay, is... Okay, well, go on with that part of it first. Okay. What percentage of people that are going to donate to a Spike Lee movie or a Veronica Mars movie or something else do you think are going to go back onto Kickstarter and donate into well, that, Starving that's the Artist other part. number three? That's the other film. part. I'm, Nobody's going like, to do like that. if I have a project on Kickstarter, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to get Spike Lee's money. Right. Like I'm not going to get those people that are donating to Spike Lee or Veronica Mars or whatever the the everyone else that that's doing it. Uh, even uh, James Franco, he wanted to raise money for. He wanted to. Use, he was going to be him using his name to raise funds for directors that were going to direct their own short films or something like that. But like for me, the, well, my I, I can see that. I mean, like if if a famous person wants to donate his time to go onto Kickstarter and raise money for people who don't have the money to do their things, I I get that. Spike Lee going on, or the Veronica Mars people going on and raising money for themselves, uh, that's, uh, I don't know, I, I, it's, uh, it's, I won't say it's evil, but I mean, it's, boy, man, I mean, I, I don't agree with it. I mean, I, you know, I guess anybody can do anything with your money that you want to do, but I, I just think it defeats what I would think is the intention of those Programs like Kickstarter or Fund I mean, Me. Or for me, let's let's say. I mean, I've talked with you. I'd like to do a feature film. So a feature film for me, like to cut every corner, to cut every corner. I mean, it would be where if if because I want to have some certain people in the film, and I want to, I don't want to, you know, cut corners as far as filmmaking goes, and have good quality product, good shots, good soundtrack, good everything. Let's say that I want to raise fifty thousand, and I had sixty days to do it. Which you can, you know, lengthen it out for 60 days. It, it, why? I mean, why is it 60 days? Is that the, the, the maximum That's the highest that, yeah, you, that okay. you can go. So it can, you know, you can make it as short as you want or as, as up to 60 days. 50,000 to me seems like a mountain. I agree. A mountain. So, I, you know, it, and, it's crazy. Saying, for, what I don't get is where do you draw the line? I, I don't like know. I, like I need to get the two back windows on my Jeep. Fixed. And so they're, fundme.com. They're four hundred dollars each to get fixed. Yeah, it's eight hundred bucks. To, uh, who's got eight hundred bucks to fix two windows on a Jeep? You know what I, I mean? You. Should I go on the Kickstarter and, and say, "Hey, well, there's a there's a website called Fund Me." 
I think it's like fundme.com and it's for personal. Like I this is I'm not even kidding you. A comic book shop opened up and was failing. And all of a sudden <laughs> they I guess made bad business decisions or whatever instead of just closing they decided, "Hey, if we do a Kickstarter, we'll stay open." Like so you're basically funding a poor, business poor business decision. How do we know that in the end you're going to have a, a validated result. Like, look, Kickstarter's not perfect. You know, there's people that have done Kickstarter and have gotten screwed out of their money. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as investors go. Uh, Let's say you invest $2,000 in my next project. Six months goes by, I'm not making the project. I've got the money. Um, I know one filmmaker that went through this and actually went to jail. But this is, like, I'm just saying, like, there has to be... like. But see, there's the, no the there's no real for, repercussion. I mean, like for me to just, to start Monster Mania, I literally closed out a 401k that I had put money into for uh, I forget what it was nine or eleven years. I was working for that company, um, and I used that, and, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like if, if that succeeded, then you know I I. Uh, I then went on and, and put all that into the next show, but I mean, if it's, if it succeeded, then I didn't lose the money, and if it failed, I lost the money. But you know what? That I felt like that gave me—I don't know if ownership of it is the right word—but like I felt that that first convention was mine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I I, I put my. 401k life savings into the, mm-hmm. into doing that show, and so therefore I had a, a, my own personal vested interest in it. What's the personal vested interest for a filmmaker who goes on Kickstarter and raises fifty thousand dollars by just going on to Kickstarter and saying, "Hey, please fund me"? And I mean, like, so if he loses that fifty thousand dollars, you know. How much does that hurt him because it wasn't his own money to lose? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, by that point, you're playing with, if you're playing Monopoly, you're playing with the bank's money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you've landed on get out of jail free. You've collected whatever money's in the middle of the pot. Like, it's it's not money that you've earned and have a personal attachment to. You know what I mean? Like, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose $50,000 of somebody else's money. You know, I, I don't know if that uh, – a, a lot of creativity comes from suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? And whether you're suffering by putting your 401k money on the line or – I mean, you know, you, be, you better believe, man, when I was doing that, I was trying to put the best show together that I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the reasons I still work a job is because I don't want – Monster Mania to become my main source of income so that I then therefore don't make business decisions that would take away from what I do now. Like I'll add a guest sometimes, you know, a week or two weeks before the show. You know what I mean? And and knowing that I'm not going to get, they're not going to sell enough tickets for me to make up the expense of bringing them into the show. Mm-hmm. But I have my own job. You know what I mean? If I have a show that fails, the only thing that's going to hurt is the money I have set aside for the show. Uh, and I don't make 
Like, I don't have to worry about every ticket we sell and this, that, and the other thing with the show because I just recycle that money back into the next show. Like, it's it's its own entity. You know what I mean? Like, but if I had to use that as my business, I would make much harsher business decisions sure. and I wouldn't be adding that person at the last minute. And, and I just don't know, like, you know, if you go on Kickstarter and say, please give me $50,000, and it's found money to me. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so what's the... You know, what's to stop somebody from, I mean, you know, it, it's like going to the casino and, and putting, a, you know, $10 in and winning $20,000 and continuing to gamble it. And if you lose all that $20,000, all you've done is still walked out even, you yeah. know? I, 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 mean, I mean, I can only tell you from my experience, you know, originally for No Cleaning Around, we wanted to raise 2000 We raised 2000 in three days. And it really was an investment from everyone. Everyone, people wanted to be associate producers. People wanted to be, you know, to get copies of the DVD. It wasn't like we did anything that was really groundbreaking. And to be honest, we actually ended up going over budget by like a thousand bucks. So the people that put in the thousand bucks were Kim and myself. Uh, for baggage, we wanted to raise four thousand. We raised four thousand. We raised like forty one hundred in I don't know, like thirty days. And you know as well as I do how I, I think. For me, like I take it very, very personal. Um, I do have the mentality where I don't want to let—I don't want to let any one person down that's invested in the movie. You know, I called you the other night, even with a problem, and I was truly worried. Where I, I oh, I know, I know. You know, where I, for me, like I can only say, like, you got me all fucking wound up. I think I can like, go to sleep that night. I was so. I I think like from. what happens is you have to look at it a case by case. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, going back to the original, but fifty thousand to me, like I don't. I mean, I think like I have some, some. You know, I have some. Uh, I'm fortunate to have good followers and good supporters, but fifty thousand just seems like it seems like a mountain. It's dude. monumental. It's huge. But I mean, like to, for for you know Spike Lee or Veronica Mars people. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess. It's fair game, and and you know any, anybody that wants to donate can donate. Right. But I mean, to me, it just seems almost sinful for for those people to be using uh, crowdfunding when I thought the intention of crowd crowdfunding was to help. You know, what do you call it? The little guy or the independent yeah. person or whatever. I mean, it's just to me, it's it. Uh, you know. Uh, likely ain't getting any money. Any no, off of you know, it, it, I, I haven't. Like, you know, I, I will support. Like, you know, I asked the question today. How do you feel? Like, I, I mean, obviously for you, your answer is easy. Like, how? How? What is your definition of supporting the genre? For you, you buy merchandise. You buy, you know, DVDs. You so you go to the movies. You run a convention that's successful. That fuels. You know, this, that supplies vendors with customers, right? And not only that, but but fuels us as as um, fans the opportunity to live, you know, for that weekend to be a part of. I mean, our, our memories. Oh yeah. So you know, you, that's how you really. For me, like I try and share every. You know, I, I try and pass along. Like here we are. I brought up today that I want to talk about the Conjuring because I do feel it's a good movie. I, I you know I try to support everybody that I can support that is doing things the right way. I will try, most definitely support. I mean, I told you the other night, like, I'm not going to support junk. I'm just not going to. You know, I mean, I, I, you have to, like, draw a line somewhere, but I do want to support the, the people that are doing good. So let's move on. 
Next up is uh, two Universal Classics are up for remakes. Um, one is called Quasimodo, but oddly enough, instead of being remade by Universal, who did the first one with uh, Lon Chaney, mm-hmm. um, it's actually going to be made by Warner Brothers. Um, and also, The Mummy is going to... Uh, the Mummy has actually signed on a director, and apparently it's going to be a Josh Brolin project. Hmm. Uh, he's going to be involved in it. Uh, I don't. I don't know any particulars about, you know, what the uh, storylines are going to be or anything like that. Other than, I mean, obviously the the Quasimodo is going to follow the, you know, the Hunchback falls in love with the Dancing Esmeralda. But um, I, I thought it was odd that. Warner Brothers would be the one that was going for that instead of Universal. I mean, Disney even did the animated series, you know, the animated movie. So yeah. I, I really, I mean, that's, well, I think it's been tossed around. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all based on an original novel, so no one really owns the, you know, the particular rights to that. Does it need to be made? Um, uh, it could be time for another, honestly, it could be time for another Quasimodo. Beauty and the Beast was popular for like, it had like a three year run with uh, Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman. Yeah, but I mean, like this would be a, a film. Um, you know, the original was a silent. It was it was later remade um, with um, oh, what's his name, Anthony Quinn, uh, which is actually a pretty good one. Uh, but it hasn't been really remade. Uh, you know, live action uh, it could be interesting. What about uh, the Mummy? I don't know what they're going to do with the Mummy. I mean, it, it, it supposedly it's going to be a remake of the original. Which, if you really watch the original, uh, it's basically the story from Dracula just done up with the Mummy instead of the vampire. Um, I, I I like the Mummy character, even though he, you know, I, I often uh, they had a Mummy Universal Monster Mummy uh, marathon or something. One day, I think last year, and I actually like sat and watched like three of them in a row. And it's, you know, he can't chase you and all that stuff. How he catches you and kills you. If you get killed by the mummy, you know, you deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. But I like the look of the character. You know, it, it's one of the classic icons of, you know, Universal monsters. So I can't imagine that whatever they're going to do is going to be any good. Mm-hmm. But you know, can always hope. Uh, next, uh, I, this is a phenomenon I really haven't caught on to um, and I'm surprised that it hasn't died at death but uh, starting actually tonight they're going to have midnight showings of the sci-fi channels Sharknado in movie theaters mm. and I know uh, it's going to be in 200 regal theaters across the country uh, it's become a force of nature in its own right um, the quote was this project transcends the original television platform and has created tremendous buzz uh, from the chief marketing off- officer of Regal Cinema, Ken Thews. Um, I-, I just don't get it, man. I mean, I, I know it became like a Twitter phenomenon. They said it registered over uh, about 5,000 tweets a minute. But I had also heard that the actual viewership of it was not that heavy w- when it was on television. And I didn't see it, but I heard it's not even that good. And... To release it in the theaters, man, are, are they? Did they take it one step too far? It's one night. It's one night, one showing. It's actually playing uh, down the street from my house at eleven forty-five. You going? No, come on, dude. No, 
like I don't even want to get I don't want to get started. Yeah, see, but you're, I, I, now, I, see, I'm confused because you're the sci-fi movie fan. I am. I'm not. I, like to me, this is just like really. But I thought you might be interested in this because it you, was you, beyond. It was beyond what I what I like. It was just beyond. I, like I said it before. Like Tara Reid, I, I hope she never acts in another movie. And I'm not trying to be <laughs> I'm not trying to be negative, Rob. I'm just I'm being honest. Like she killed it for me, and, and it was so preposterous. It just it doesn't make like look. But aren't all the sci-fi movies that way? Aren't they all preposterous stories with? Some combination of a shark and a dinosaur, or and bad acting and bad scripting. Like, why do you like the other ones, but not this one? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just at the last fifteen minutes, maybe because it was on at like nine o'clock, and I was grumpy. Like as the night goes on, and I just <laughs> fought to stay awake, and and I just just didn't like it. I don't know. I don't have, I have a reason. Like I know that it was on again. Why is it in theater? I dude, I have no idea. I wish. <laughs> I wish my. You're not in. You're not helping me. I wish my films would keep in theaters for for a night. Like I don't know. Like I don't. I don't understand. And, and and dude, here's the craziness: is people that I know that are part of Monster Mania and that come to Monster Mania that we both know were like, you know, oh my god, I can't wait to go. I saw it on timelines today, and I'm just thinking, like, why are you feeding into the madness? Look, I mean, if you want to do that and you want to go have fun, people still go to see Rocky Horror and, you know, I've gone to see movies that have been released a long time, but this was just on TV like two weeks ago. Like, what are you doing? Well, the, the, the ironic thing is, is that probably two screens over in the same theater is The Conjuring. Right. You and, know what I mean? And, like, support. And I bet you the people that are, and there's probably going to be a percentage, let's say 50% of the people that see Sharknado tonight. If I said, hey, did you see The Conjuring? Nah, it's probably not what I like. Come on, dude. Like, what are you doing? You're, you, you See, you're making me go crazy today with this. Because it makes me... It, I don't understand it. I don't, well, see, I, I don't I was, get it. I was out of town for the week that Sharknado was, you know, blowing up Twitter. And I just didn't get what the buzz was about. Like... Uh, you know, I don't know whether the Sci-Fi Channel paid off some famous people to start tweeting about it, and it built its own fire. Like I, I don't know. Like out of all the Sci-Fi Channel movies, why did this one just blow it's up? It's building up. It builds up and builds up. You know, between you know Sharktopus and and you know all and and the Cobras and all the madness. You know, like there's days where I can sit through and watch like. What was the one that I was all hyped up to watch? The one with Barry Williams and, and Danny Bonaducci, the Bigfoot movie. You know, and it's it's awful. But there's, there was some sort of charm about that. When I watched Sharknado, I didn't necessarily see the charm. Like, I almost felt like it it uh, it stopped becoming a parody of, of what it is. Like, and it tried to become a little too serious. Oh, really? Dude, I, and, and not only that, like, I don't know how much of it was done not in front of a green screen. Like, the driving scenes were all done in front of a green screen. Like, every scene was, like, green screen. Like, they probably never left the studio. Like, it was crazy. Like, the madness. It was just crazy. And <laughs> I don't I, know. I only I know what I'm I go through. I'm almost tempted to start to watch it, but I know me, dude. 
I'll be in it for 10 minutes. I would and, love and, to be in the same room when you start to watch it. <laughs> because you'll look at me and you'll say, I, I don't get it. And I'm going to say, dude, I don't get it either. Like, I would love to be present when you go see it. And I'm not, if you say like, hey, let's go, I'm not going tonight. Not, not happening. Not feeding. Like, look, if the guy's making money, good for him. I'm sure there's people who are going to say, Rob, I don't want to see your movie. Cool. Like, I just, I, I mean, I, you know, and not to say the guy didn't put effort into it. And now they're getting, you know, a bigger budget for the part two, and part two's coming out. Uh, part two's going to be 3D and smell a vision or something. It's, it's going to make me... shark vision You're going to have to talk me off a ledge sooner or later. Anyway. Wow. Crazy. wow. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like, I'm not trying to rant on See, it. I'm just totally bewildered by the whole thing. I'm totally bewildered why it got so popular. I'm even more bewildered why you, who were such a sci-fi crappy to me my opinion mm-hmm. sci-fi crappy movie fan finds this one so offensive i mean, I, I mean it's not, I, the, it's what just you just said about this one i feel about all the sci-fi movies i don't know like maybe i'm just maybe i've matured <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe my taste is matured i don't have an answer I don't know, you know, like I'm, if you I'm, if you I'm like perplexed. it, cool. If you like it, cool. Now, now, now I got to see what it's all about. I think oh, we should go around. No, no. Last bit of horror. Rather news. watch the Twilight Zone. Twenty eight discs of. I'd the be 20, up for that. Like four days, dude. Uh, it'd be more than that. Be four days, and it's on Netflix. I uh, I pick and choose what episodes I watch. Well, see, that's you know why I'm watching. I, I I'm, what I'm going to do with this. I want to watch it like people saw it. Back in the day, like I want to see, I want to see the first one, whatever the first episode is. I should know that, but I, oh fan, I don't. I want to watch, like I want to see what the first six were, to see how that must have affected people who never saw anything like that on television mm-hmm. before. Do you like the studio ones, the ones where they're in the set, like the closed set, like there's, uh, a, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there, or is it the Hitchcocks? It's one of them where. Like, Art Carney plays a Santa. Oh, that's my favorite one. Is that the Twilight Zone? Yes. Now, that's like a set. Like, like a play, I guess you would say. Like, for TV. Like, do you like the, those episodes to me? Like, I did see that episode. Oh, uh, dude. I, it was, I, I watched that. It's funny. It's called Night of the Meek. Um, yes, that's exactly yep. it. Uh, and they actually redid it with the new Twilight Zone with uh, Richard Mall, and it was awful. Um, but that I watched that every Christmas Eve. Really? I swear to God. Do you do you like those episodes compared to the ones that they film that are more like like an episode compared to the studio episode? I like, like them you know all, what I'm saying. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, uh, the writing is for I mean for its time. I'm, I mean it's it's become predictable to people nowadays because it was so unique. That it became a, a style of writing, and it became, you know, it's it's common language. People say, "Oh, you know, that's from the Twilight Zone or something," mm-hmm. and not even you know meaning anything from the from the movie, but just when something odd happens. Um, I mean, it be it for its time. Like that's why I want to go back and watch like the first six. I want to see what impact it had. The writing was phenomenal. Um, a lot of them had. Uh, I don't want to say like we're well, you know. Tales of Morality, uh, the acting. I mean, like you know, you look at the people that were in that. Yeah, dude. You know, Robert Redford, uh, Art Carney. I mean, the, the the list just goes on. You know, on and on and on. I mean, the, some 
William Shatner. The William Shatner episodes are awesome. That's uh, right there, right? Yeah. 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 Nick of Time. Yeah. Dave uh, has the machine. Yeah. Something uh, I've always wanted. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Like the eyes are. Well, the eye is like a. Well, see this. The the devil's head was a toy. When I was a kid at Halloween time, you used to get this plastic tube, clear tube that had like, uh, you know, just chewy candy in it. But they would have different heads. One would be a Wolfman head. One would be a Frankenstein head. One would be a, a witch head, green with with black. Another one would be this devil head, and it had the glow. It was red, uh, and it had, um, in fact. Well, for people on the radio, I, I've got one. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, uh, it was red with um, the diamond eye and the horns on the original ones that were the toy. The horns were like yellow, um, and they used that. They added that. I have actually the machine that they the, in the fifties. They used to have this fortune telling machine that would have napkin holders on each end. Um, can't remember the name of it. I got one of those too. Um, oh, see, I told you, and, I, and you expect me to be able to buy you something for your own money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I got that vending machine yeah. that they had on their tables in the 50s. Really? Yeah, That's I, what I, I was going to get you. I, you can get anything. But I mean, in the 50s, you used to go, like, that whole episode came about because Richard Matheson went into a diner and, and saw one of those sitting on the table. So, oh, they're shooting at us. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on out there? So yeah, I mean, I I I would, I I just was curious if if you like I have a better feel for the episodes that aren't filmed in a, in like a like a, in front of a live studio or audience or whatever. I kind of like the ones that are short films, more or less. Like I, I feel like I'm modeling what I'm doing after. Twilight Zone, especially my last one, more like that. I mean, so. see, for me, it's all it's all the writing and the acting. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's just there's there's some episodes of the Twilight Zone that are just fun. you don't have collaborations like that anymore. No, you don't. But anyway, so moving on with news. Uh, the last bit of horror news I have is that uh, there were vampire graves discovered at a Polish construction site. No, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a Polish joke. Um, archaeologists in Poland believe they found a vampire grave near the town of, I'm going to say it's Gilweiss, in southern Poland. The skeletons were found with their heads removed and placed between their legs, which was a ritualistic practice uh, that was designed to keep the dead from rising up. In addition, the remains were found with no jewelry, belt buckles, or anything that would indicate a traditional burial. Rituals like these were commonly practiced by the Slavic people in the decades following the adoption of Christianity by pagan tribes. So they actually did believe that people were, like, you know, a little vampire legend, these people really took this stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they actually buried people that way. There were, there's a whole, what you see in the movies with vampires is just like a fragment of what true uh, vampire history is. Uh, you know, the whole stake through the heart wasn't really a stake through the heart. Uh, in real life, what they used to do is they stake the bodies. They would bury the body face down, and they would stake it so that it couldn't get up. And they buried it face down because they thought if it was trying to crawl you know, its way out, that by doing it face down, it would crawl deeper instead of crawl up to the surface. Yeah, um... If there was a role-playing game that was a vampire game, and they would talk about uh, when you were turned, 
Um, they gave like I mean for a for a role playing game it was okay, okay, but for like as far as to read about lore, the vampire vampire lore, even though a lot of it was made up, it was pretty awesome. Like it was pretty awesome stuff. Like you would have to, you know, when you they bury you and then you'd have to try and like claw your way out and try and find your way out. It was awesome. Totally a big fan of that. So well, one of the things I've always wanted to get, they have re- replicas of them, but I would love to have an original. Um, if you go to Ripley's Believe It or Not in New York, they actually have a real life um, vampire hunter's kit. It's this box, and it's got uh, <laughs> it, it's got the uh, cross and the holy water, and a, and a little a little gun that holds one silver bullet, and it's got the silver bullet in there, and it's like I mean like and it's got like the I guess the um, testament or biblical terms or whatever it is the the rites or rituals that you read. Uh, it, I want one, but it's like to find a real one. They make they make um, and it comes in a box. The novelty box. ones they make. Yeah, they make replicas of them, but I want a real one. So if you can go up to Ripley's and I have that a legit. I don't know how real it is, but I have a stake. Like I have a legit like a stake piece that of I, wood. Well, yeah, you have a I legit piece of wood. I don't know. That's like man. When we were down in Maryland years ago, uh, there was a show down there, and people when Blair Witch came out, people were selling. Rocks from the wherever the Burkittsville, Burkittsville and they were selling Coffin twigs yeah. like tied together. And like, and I can't believe people. I love, that. I love that movie, and that movie just celebrated its whatever number that it is, like as far as anniversary ten, goes. Yeah, uh, or is it longer? I think it's ten. I, I don't know, fifteen. Who knows? I, I for me, I just felt like that movie was ahead of its time. I just, I loved it. So I, I, you know, I probably would be the sucker that would buy a rock from Coffin Rock. I probably would be. But I mean, I dude, I've sat. If but it, you if know it, that rocks from their yard, probably. But dude, if, I know what to get you for your birthday. I'm going to go out in the yard and get a rock, <laughs> and I'll get some of the uh, uh, lawn stuff that I haven't completely. To tell you how yet. crazy I am, uh-uh. we actually debated about a little bit ago, like maybe three months ago, before right as summer was beginning. To take a ride to that area where they filmed, and it's like four hours away, and that's the only thing that really discouraged me from not going. But I was like, I'd love to go just to see what it looks like. But I guess the people that live in a town hate it, and it's one of those things. It's like the Friday the Thirteenth camp, you know, the people that own the camp hate yeah. it. You know, they're, they'll they'll call the cops on you, even though people go all the time. Yeah. Um, well, going back to the Conjuring, the people that currently live in the house, um, that's featured in the movie first of all they say none of that stuff's happening there but they say people are you know disturbing them all the time mm-hmm. you know I guess it's the same thing with the Amityville house which was another sure. hoax perpetrated by which looks Lawrence. completely different now yeah. it looks completely different well they did that just to, just because yeah. so many people were coming those windows there. were I mean that was it yeah once you take those windows out it, you know it changes and looks like a normal house um, hey anyway uh, we're probably going to wrap it up here because we're rambling quite a bit but I, I had a good time tonight did you? I did. You know, did you? I got you candy. Did you? Uh, you I figured out candy, out, so I shut up, so you can talk more. <laughs> I figured if I bought you, because look, I, I'm going to be honest. Dave likes the worst candy. No, I'll get out of here. Like the worst stuff. Come on, you chuckles, like chuckles, good and plenty. So you, you know, what, what do you like? Come on, dude. Like crappy I candy. I don't know. Like cowtails are good. You like cowtails? Tell me you don't know what they are. I know They're, exactly what they are. They're rip off of. 
Goats is uh, gets his uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking caramel about. The with round the ones. Yeah, yeah the so what? Rip-offs or what do you know? As long as no one rips off. They're reimaginings. <laughs> Reimagining candy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, See, these are the originals, Rob. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of the remakes. Uh, I guess I am. Uh, but Chuckles and I got you. You were like, oh, Dots. Black. And I was like, Black Licorice doesn't even like Black Licorice. I mean, no one likes it. I got you the wafer things. Dots. Mecca wafers. Come on. No one eats that stuff. Halloween will be good, though. I like... Because usually uh, there's a store near me. I'll usually grab stuff for you during Halloween because they have stuff that we were always talking. Do you like the wax bottles? Oh, yeah. Do you? I tried them not too long ago. And uh, I don't know, man. Candy cigarettes, man. Yeah, we ha- we can get those too. Uh, you know, Halloween's coming. Hey, uh, don't forget Monster Media Con is just two weeks away. By the time this is up, it'll be less than that. It is August 16th through the 18th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hey, Dave, uh, I'm going to – can I steal a minute? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> My movie will be uh, – baggage will be available at Monster Mania as well as uh, today I announced we'll have a new comic uh, featuring Mumbles that will be out maybe for March of uh, – for, for the 2014. Next, yeah, for, uh, for the next Monster Mania. It's uh, just in the beginning stage. But I, I, I'm hoping that people will come out and, and – uh, you know, come to the table, and the DVD has baggage, which you've seen, and uh, it really is an ama an homage to the Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock. It really is. Um, I wanted it to be something I like, you know. Uh, and it's got one really good actor in it. <laughs> and Dave says it's not me. It's <laughs> That's my wife. For people that see this, <laughs> let me tell you something. For people that see this. I'm going to have to post. I'm going to have to look at what the time running time is of it is and see exactly what's what you know minute and hour that this comes in. Not hour, but what minute this comes in. Uh, Rob's wife is in it, and there's a scene where she gives him this look that you just know it. It it's it's the best scene for me in the whole movie. It it encapsulizes what has to be. A normal look. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure. I, when I looked at that, I'm like, oh, that is so real. Like, so, it's like, a, it's like a, you poor son of a... Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so Dave, you know, enjoys, you know, asking for, uh, you know, Kim merchandise. Joy, yeah, yeah, merchandise yeah. pertaining to the, the real actor. I, I, if I still did the website... For a day, I would take your picture <laughs> off and put hers on, and I would just tell you, "Oh, go check out the website." <laughs> yeah, you know she thinks it's funny, but anyway, uh, and then no climbing around will be available on that DVD as well, and a little behind the scenes. And uh, I don't know, I'm proud of it, so that'll be uh, available that weekend. We're actually uh, releasing it that weekend. There may or may not be VIP tickets available at the door. If you missed out, there's a good chance you missed out. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, there, there might be a few, but. Uh, the thing is, it's a catered affair. Like, I get people asking me questions, you know, can they bring their wives and stuff like that. I mean, it's a catered thing. Can I bring my wife? No. Well, you, you'll you let her in. Her while y'all let her in. <laughs> um, She'll have to say to you, can I bring Rob? <laughs> yeah. That, that'll be, uh, well, you know, it is a catered event. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, we do try to keep it, you know, intimate to just the VIP ticket holders and the stars that will be there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and like I said, I don't want it to get it too crazy. I don't want to get it too crowded or anything. Uh, and with you know, we had two VIPs for the show, Carrie Fisher and uh, George Romero. So uh, you know, we we sold you know a number of tickets for each one. I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the intimacy of the. Of the it's event. always a good time, but uh, 
regular tickets, even weekend tickets will be available at the door. Don't forget the show starts uh, Friday at uh, 5 o'clock. Yeah. So, and it runs all the way until Sunday at 5. And by Sunday, we're beat. Yeah. It's a good time, but I mean, I mean the, the film and events are, I believe, up on the website and also the Monster Mania Con uh, Facebook page. Uh, the films and stuff run till like 2 in the morning. Like yeah. Friday night, it runs till 2 Saturday morning. Saturday, it runs into 2 Sunday morning. You know, you get there, spend the whole day. Spend the weekend. Uh, it's a great time. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, filmmakers, get your short film in. It has to be 20 minutes or less. It's a $50 entrance fee. You can find it at monstermania.net. Uh, and hopefully, we will at least have one more podcast before the show. Yeah, I would, Yeah, I'm sure we will. All right, good. So we'll be able to... Uh, update people. Update people on, uh, on everything. And uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's always... This to me is the beginning of the Halloween season. You know, as weird as it sounds, it really no, is. Yeah, you it, know, it where starts it. where we we have August and September is right behind it, and, and then, then we're, we're September. Into, you're we're into October. For October. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love it. So um, I'm looking forward to it. So everyone have a good week, and uh, we'll see you at Monster Mania.